Hi everyone, welcome back. So this episode I'm going to talk about blockchain and CSA. So a community-owned economy and community-owned food system coming together. So I'll see you in the episode. So the big question is this. How do we live in more sustainable and regenerative ways? How can we tap into the ancient secrets of living in harmony with the sacred nature of life? How do we embody the interconnected web of life that thrives in abundance within each of us? That is the question, and this podcast will explore the answers. My name is Craig Hubbard, and welcome to Shambhala Living. Hi, everyone. Okay, so this episode, I wanted to stay on the theme of the economy, which I know can be a bit of a boring topic, but I think that it's boring because often in the in the way that we've been running the economy for for the last at least couple of hundred years that I know of has been a dominated down economy so I guess when I hear it like that it's ever since time and, and ever since money or economies were invented it's always been a, a top down whereas the concept and it's only kind of really coming to me now of the value of this when i'm understanding what blockchain is actually in its essence is a consumer owned economy so what is that what has any of this got to do with food growing soil health regenerative living to me a big part of living regeneratively is having an economy that better aligns with people that make up the economy because all the economy is is just a a big marketplace of people doing their trades um, on a grand scale then we have the fluidity of how do you trade i have a pumpkin you have an orange okay well can you give me six of your oranges for one of my pumpkins or maybe your oranges are so delicious and they're in such high demand that I'll give you two of my pumpkins for one of your oranges or now sometimes we can do it like that and other times it gets too complicated in the barter share style because we can't cut up certain things we, we might be able to cut up the pumpkin but we can't cut up the service that you offer perhaps maybe you're a hairdresser or maybe you're a retail salesperson we can't necessarily cut part of that transaction that that we want and trade it with something of lesser value so then we've got money we've all probably i don't know your understanding of currency gold became a currency other things that were supposedly reasonably stable became currency and then money came in but ever since then it's been dominated from the banks top down from the governments regulated meaning that if i now want to give you five dollars for your bag of oranges if i'm even the cash is representing a third person a third party and in fact multiple parties and they are the bank that is 
that the note is printed on is not owned by you, not owned by me, that it's under guidelines based off the governments and the, um, the bank that's issued or the government that's issued the note and the bank that's kind of backing that note. But then m more often than not, I'm, I'm getting refused my cash now. I never thought this would be a thing, but I go to pay for certain things. And ever since COVID's come in, then there's times where people say, sorry, I don't accept cash. And that's the first time I've ever heard of that happening, that even cash is not getting accepted. So more and more we're, you know, tap and go or insert the card. And, but every time I want that bag of oranges or that thing that you have, now I'm saying to my bank, hey, can you give to, um, to this person's bank this money so they can put it into their account to pay for the, the oranges? We get the approval and that's like a, the bank saying, yeah, we'll honor this. But actually, behind the scenes, there's a whole lot of different work that has to happen to ensure that the money lands in your bank. And if it's a large transaction or it's going overseas, it can take days and even weeks and it can cost quite a lot of money. So it's a very old fashioned system. It's ripe for corruption. And we saw in 2008 and we talked a little bit about it in the last episode in the, the movie The Big Short how it and we think that there's another one i think there's another crash coming the because this system currently as it is is a, can be open to corruptness because these third parties or fourth parties get to be the middlemen and they get a big slice of it and the idea of the blockchain is not just what we hear in the world of cryptocurrencies and What's the other thing that's part of blockchain is um, uh, NFTs, not just NFTs in crypto, but the, the, you might have heard of those terms, Bitcoins and all the different coins. They'll come and go because they're just the different liquidities, the trading currencies so that we can agree upon, all right, I'll trade you $4 for your four bananas. They will come and go, but the underlying technology is a technology in, that is known as blockchain. And that is really exciting. It has been around for a couple of years, but it's really only starting to get more and more adoption to a level where we will start seeing this in everyday transactions. Is that a good thing? I think there's going to be a certain amount of speculating and therefore rising and dropping of prices. And that's just the nature of people. They want to profit on things that are out there. So there's going to be that. But the actual utility, fundamental usage is going to, I think, change the way we, we work with each other. And, and I think in a good way, in a very good way, because it gives the power back to us as in the two people that want to make the transaction and removes the third party or the fourth party um, has the potential to remove much of the corruption that happens in the current fiat system. So back to our, our two people at the markets um, wanting to do a trade or one wants you know, the oranges and, and maybe they're at the farmer's market and they're walking around, they want the oranges and the pumpkin and um, some zucchinis 
how are they going to pay for this stuff without a third party coming in to validate their currency then this is where blockchain comes in now it does take some work to get set up and and because it's new there's going to be just like when the internet first came out and people were scared to put their credit cards online they will be a bit scared to some of them will be scared to set these wallets up that mean that you now are a effectively like a bank in your own right not in the way that you lend money and, and all that sort of stuff but in the fact that you and I our kind of effective blocks will talk directly to each other and be validated on by the technology of blockchain without by consumer peer-to-peer -peer validation in this central ledger rather than the bankers validating and stamping that and, and it, so the speed is much better but the accuracy the trustworthiness and effectively giving back the power to the people so that we actually start to own the building blocks of our own economy that is exciting and for the reason that that kind of i became a bit more open to that was when I was thinking about CSA. So for those that don't know what CSA is, it stands for Community Supported Agriculture. And that is a system that's been around for a long time where the consumers become invested in the, the harvest. So they actually invest for the season or for the year a share of that harvest and they actually own that share and the thing about nfts even though there's going to, again there's going to be speculation there's going to be things that go up and down people just trying to make money but the actual usability once people once we get over that hype and we actually just acknowledge that there's a fundamental better system and once we the sooner we get on it and the sooner we sort out the teething problems we will have um, the ability to match a consumer-owned economy with a consumer-owned food system and that is a really exciting match so that means that not only do you get to have a share of the farm without having to buy your own farm and buy your own machinery and invest in all the labor and and take the risks of the weather and the and learn the not the not knowledge to to grow all your own food then this is a way that you can supplement that so you've got your garden but you also invest in a csa wherever you live on the planet i think that there will be a rebirth of csas and once we adopt this blockchain at a, at a deeper level, then I think it gives us this ability that when you make your purchase of that CSA share, that farm share, you're doing it not only, or you're doing it not with the bank's third party, and we don't, there's so much distrust around the banking system, and the current way that it all works, this way of actually 
having the blockchain be the transactional technology doesn't matter what we transact we might transact bitcoin or we might transact ethereum or we might transact a dollar that a shambhala makes up or that you make up it doesn't really matter but the fundamental technology underlying that is so much more robust than the current one we have so i guess that's the main thing if you're a newbie to this and i'm certainly a newbie i'm only only after five years starting to really go okay it's starting to get to a, a level now where i'm interested i wasn't interested just to make lots of money and just use it as a you know i'm not interested in food or soil as in the level of i'll buy that food and watch it go up in price and then i'm going to sell it and then i'm going to exit the market to me that's just it's not helping anyone but the uh, i'm invested in the food system for the long term and the economy as much as i hate parts of the current economy it's part of our our life it's it's going to be a part of our life no matter how much we want to go back we may want to go back to simple barter system there's a lot of um, difficulties in bartering when there's different values in play but this technology i feel is exciting and i'm looking forward and i've been formulating some ideas to instead of just making our food available at the markets to anyone so come and get your food and then when the when transports gets affected and things slow down and just like we saw we've now seen in covid what happens when there's there's big rushes on the shops for from everything food toilet paper all the canned goods all the all the things that we we need they disappear fast and um, and i don't think we got squeezed for very long some of you might have got squeezed longer than the others but but in on a macro even for a couple of years it's that's not that long when you go back in history i i haven't seen it in my lifetime so it's only if i'm believing what i'm hearing but i have good reason to believe that that's not that long and there's bigger squeezes coming and when i look at this the fundamentals i can see we've broken a lot of areas and we are we're due for some big corrections so the blockchain i think pairing that the, the formulations that i'm coming up with is instead of going to the market selling it to everyone and then when there's a big spike then you know the, the the locals miss out then imagine that you're a local to this farm our farm or to some other farm and you actually buy a share of the farm now you don't actually buy a share of the title and stuff like that but that's not the important part of the food system because often the title is owned by someone else and the farmer or the, the the farm operates on top of that and runs the farm so you would own as a csa member you effectively own a share of just the part you want which is the harvest and then the farmer says okay well we've got 40 shares or 50 shares or 100 shares however many they have at let's say 50 dollars a week or it could be for season so it could be 12 weeks or it could be in our season it's a very long season we can probably do a nine month almost a 10 month season so you would commit to to that time and each week 
you would be delivered a box. So we've all, we've probably, if you're in this world, you've probably heard of the food boxes. We, we used to have one called farm box. But I thought that the CSA model was old fashioned, too old fashioned, too old school, and I wanted to improve it. So I gave our customers the ability to customize. So we had this fancy website where you could log in and if you didn't want what we'd set up for you, which is what we th thought was, or what was we're currently harvesting, it's got the best prices, it's got, you're gonna get the best value for money there. If in, in the system that we recently had, it was like, well, if you don't want that, you can just order what you would like. And in, in, in saying that, then most of our customers took that option and then every single order was different. And therefore we couldn't work with other farms, we couldn't work with our farm to say, okay, we've got you know, 50 kales this week, should we plant another 50? Who knows, are they gonna buy them this week? So it's an unpredictable situation and it's back to just the same situation at the supermarket. You just grow stuff, send it there, they, the customers buy it, but it's not a consumer owned system. So the CSA going back to its roots, it's got certain disadvantages, meaning, well, for a certain time, maybe you won't have the choice, but come a crisis time, the 40 shares aren't given out to general public. So you still have the four, you, ha, you still have a share and there would still be a harvest because it's most likely only distributed in the local area, so it's not gonna get affected by national transport systems and lockdowns and things like that. You are guaranteed your share, and you are taking a certain, you're sharing the risk with weather and things like that, so if it's a lower harvest this week, then it will be made up next week, and when the sun comes out, you know, it's a bumper harvest, and you'll have, loads of food or you might have an extra week but you're going to get a share of the harvest based on the amount of land and and our, what i was thinking for our particular farm we'll probably start off with 20 shares and then we'll probably move up to 40 shares and that's it and maybe we won't even be at the markets and to me that is a system that is resilient it's we're going into a deeper relationship with 40 people rather than having 200 people, but we don't really know if they are gonna buy this week or next week. So we grow it anyway, but there's lots more risks. Whereas the CSA model takes out a lot of those risks for both the producer and the consumer, it guarantees a harvest for the consumer, guarantees the a sale for the producer, and they don't have to worry about the marketing. So instead of putting money to marketing, we put money to getting the best value for money. So it's a win-win all around. Then you couple that with the ever-evolving and improving um, technology of exchanging the actual funds instead of using a fiat currency. Imagine then using a currency that we all collectively owned or at least a technology that is not owned by one big super company that is happening at the moment in so many sectors so i'm really looking forward to that looking forward to spreading the the harvest out with the the people that 
are going to benefit from the harvest and I also see such a fantastic overlays with with blockchain technology so I'm looking for Shambhala Farm to be doing a CSA blockchain model where eventually the only way you get those 40 shares is if you do it via blockchain now at the moment we probably do have some available that are only available by blockchain and some by fiat but eventually I think we'll be phasing out the fiat because you know again go back and watch that movie the big short look at some of the predictions coming the fiat it's inherent it's got a lot of problems has blockchain got problems and all the cryptocurrencies you know that's that's like opening up pandora's box absolutely got heaps of challenges but the underlying technology the blockchain is is really solid it's the things that come off there that we have to then it comes down to trust so if shambhala had a shambhala blockchain currency or nft which was a share of the harvest then you would have to decide all you have to decide is do i trust shambhala to make good on their end and once you establish that yes i do i do trust that maybe there's there's testimonials then you're not having to trust is the actual the actual system itself will it go down and you know it sounds it can sound strange and sound pessimistic to think that banks could foreclose but we saw in 2008 and i even forget now i'm like i have to remind myself it happened the biggest banks in the world went bankrupt in 2008 some of the biggest banks in the world lehman brothers went bankrupt massive banks that means losses to so many people and it and it didn't have to happen and it happened because of greed and bubbles that again were caused by greed and and wrong policies so getting out of that tangled mess coming down to just hey i've got a farm i've got food you've got you've got people that want to buy food let's just use our blockchains to talk to each other connect and trade with each other i'll give you a share of the harvest and you give me a commitment for a, a set period of time and bang we're away and we together as a community a community supported agriculture we can become a lot more resilient so the these ideas of crashes and food crisis there it's not just going to be a tap that turns off it's going to be in areas that are most vulnerable so what i'm here to share is how can you make yourself less vulnerable more resilient and connecting yourself to systems like this um, ideas like this start the conversation with your farm at first it probably won't happen they'll, they'll be like no i'm i'm not getting blockchain and cryptocurrency because they've heard of horror stories but as it starts emerging more and more i think that we're going to see a collaboration between the the more solid underlying blockchain and the old older school community supported agriculture coming together and i think we we're we're on to a on the way to making a more stable economy and a more stable food system and the food system is the underpinning of the economy and 
I say that based on if you take the food system away, the food system is what powers, energizes, nourishes the whole people. We don't even have an economy. So I think that it gets lost because there's not as much speculation that can happen. So not as many people are interested in it. It becomes more of a commodity. But that's a dangerous way to think that food is a mere commodity. It's, it's the most precious resource. It comes from the most precious resource, the soil. So let's nurture that. Let's look after that. Let's not see it just as a commodity. Start thinking about who could be in your team for your family, your supply team, your food system team, and become part of a community resilience rather than just self-resilience. Well, we'll end it there and I look forward to seeing you, talking to you on the next one. I'd love to hear your feedback. Um, you can hit me up on any of the social media. You can find me at, at Shambhala Farm or at craig.t.hubbard. Uh, there'll, there'll be links in this episode and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Like, what do you think about merging CSA and blockchain and what what for those that are more versed in in um, this than me on both sides what what do we need to figure out to to make that happen in larger areas um, not just in this one farm and this one little community that I get to to be a part of so anyway lots of love I'm optimistic of a resilient regenerative future and I feel the reminder to to call out just to keep things simple and whenever it gets too challenging and there's going to be a lot of turbulence coming up so just be ready to take those deep breaths come back to the center and that we can take continuous daily action simple actions that can create a a beautiful, uh, sustainable and regenerative life. So look forward to hearing from you, sharing more with you soon. Thanks so much. Bye. For those, for those that um, I keep forgetting to sort of sign out with my name. So thank you so much for listening. My name is Craig Hubbard and I'm uh, the owner, co-owner with my wife, Chrissy Beth Hubbard. We run Shambhala Farm and Shambhala Living, which is a regenerative living training, um, training, and um, more more about um, uh, regenerative ways of being in connection to nature. We run workshops, classes, courses. Have our um, some things on YouTube that you can go check out. So I'd love to meet you one day face-to-face at the farm or at a course or online on one of our online courses. And if you got anything out of this or you want to start the conversation between NFTs and blockchain and CSAs and stitching together a more resilient food system with someone else, then share this, post this, tag me in it and, um, and we'll share it as well. So thank you so much for being a part of this community, um, I think that we are together 
planting seeds for really beautiful, sustainable, regenerative change. So thank you so much for investing that time with me. I have so much love and respect for you for, for investing that time. Bye for now. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Shambhala Living Podcast. If you enjoyed it, then I'd love it if you would share it with some friends and subscribe to this channel and turn on notifications so you can find out when the next podcast comes out. You can find us at Instagram at Shambhala Farm and also check out our upcoming 12-week food growing course. You can find out more details on our newsletter list or on Instagram. I'll see you on the next episode.